We are here. Let me welcome you in to the Serve Conscious podcast. Here, service is self-mastery, and by self-mastery, I just mean being the human you intentionally want to be. I believe anywhere we are called to serve, whether personally or professionally, is the place where this self-development happens. But I also think mindfulness tools can do a heck of a lot to help us along the way. It's my quest to explore any mindfulness tool, ancient and modern, that can be applied to skillful service as well as just bettering our own lives. So here, every dimension of service and hospitality is explored from the artistic to the technical to the cultural to the deeper, more undefinable aspects of the human experience. I want to bring back all the bones to help us with something that can often be so challenging so we can do it more thoughtfully, purposefully, and effectively, really. You know, it's never a bad idea to understand how to live and act in a way that benefits everyone, especially you. In my experience, when you stop thinking service costs you something, it gives you everything. So, for my first podcast episode, I knew it had to be about tea. It's going to take a few episodes to really see why, but I think looking at a very special tea house in Portland, Oregon, would be a very good place to start. It was awesome of Kevin Von Barron of the Fly Awake Tea House to take the time to speak with me, over some tea of course, and uh, share his perspective, which is a rare combination of grounded, um, insightful, compassionate, and uh, wizardy, for lack of a better word. Uh, I'll use one favored by his, uh, his regular crowd. He's got this intuition that is just kind of uh, next level, and it makes a lot of magic happen um, when, you're, when you're in his space, uh, enjoying the experience there. I'll first tell you about the space. It is a tea house, and by tea house, I mean it's an actually good one. One of the few uh, in North America that are actually good. And it's not just good, actually. It's a place that reveals a whole other possibility of what a public gathering space can be. More than anywhere I've been, the space seems to provide what we're actually looking for as humans. It provides it directly, without any buffers in between. And that thing, I believe, is human connection. We want it when we go out or when we do anything. We want it, connection with others, but we don't quite know how to pursue it. Stepping into Fly Awake is like stepping into an alternate universe where you're not covertly seeking this thing or unconsciously seeking this thing. It's just there. Interesting, agenda-free interactions just sort of find you in a very kind of graceful, easy way. In the proper Portland tradition, the, uh, the founding of Fly Week was very uh, unique and homegrown and humble. Uh, it was a tea house in that it was actually in his house, <laughs> in the garage, uh, actually. It was actually licensed as a food cart serving uh, chai tea and samosas that his uh, Indian spiritual teacher, his guru, uh, gave him the traditional recipes for, and uh, both are delicious. Uh, but his real aspiration was getting people drinking real tea, 
which means mainly Chinese tea. Uh, a quick brief on what I mean by real tea. Uh, imagine your grandmother's English breakfast tea, and then imagine entirely the opposite. <laughs> the, the tea served is certainly from the same plant, um, but it is artisanally grown and processed, uh, giving it far more profound uh, medicinal properties and just simply straight-up sensory enjoyment. It's not thrown into a big pot for a few minutes and then hushed with uh, milk and sugar. It's brewed for just a few seconds in a very small pot, and it's served to each guest in small amounts, and then this process is repeated until the tea leaves are exhausted, often more than, uh, than ten brews later, because quality tea has a lot to give, a lot of life in those leaves, a lot of flavors and oils and all kinds of wonderful properties that don't require milk or sugar. You don't add that. You just drink it straight up, neat, whiskey neat, but for tea. And um, each steeping of the tea reveals different layers of it and takes you more deeply under its spell. The quality of the tea and its proper service uh, results in a very elevated experience, not from the caffeine, but from the properties of each tea. This is the traditional Gong Fu style of service, a practice refined for centuries in China to express the richest aspects of, of tea. This, this tea they've labored so hard to perfect. And this style of brewing demands so much care and attention that it's actually considered a martial art. Yeah, this Mandarin word, Gong Fu, means the same thing as the Cantonese word, Kung Fu. And in China, Gong Fu, Kung Fu, whatever you want to call it, it just refers to anything done with great skill and mastery, whether it's beating people up or making cabinetry, or in this case, serving tea. And you might ask, how can you impose that much skill on something as simple as pouring hot water on some dry leaves? How much can this process even be elevated by any sort of skill? We will discuss that. And hopefully my conversation with Kevin will reveal uh, some of those layers. So, I digress. Um, the story of Fly Awake. Kevin developed this following at Fly Awake by getting people dialed in to this traditional way of enjoying tea uh, in a way that, that really gives you a lot. And people got a lot out of it. They got interested in it one by one, and a following developed around it. But something more happened. Because Fly Awake is not and never will be a place to come and geek out about tea. I mean, I'm a tea geek myself, and I can say, say that our people <laughs> definitely like to get technical when talking about it. You know, like anything you get geeky about. But at Fly Awake, stuff like that is often just discussed in passing. Um, quickly, we'd get to the whole point of things, which is not the nuances of the tea or its processing or anything like that, but the nuances of each other and the unique connection that can be made in this moment. My wife and I lived in Portland for a short time, and we hung out at Fly Awake fairly often for, for the better part of a year. And what I experienced was not just... Kevin's success at bringing great teas to people. They were great teas, um, definitely. Um, it was the 
success at using tea as a vehicle to gather people and elevate the human experience. And in this way, it made it feel more like a Chinese tea house or something that captured the spirit of a traditional tea house than anything because tea's ability to do this with people is what has made it a social and spiritual catalyst in the country for at least like 4,000 years. So Kevin succeeded at bringing this spirit of tea to Portland, um, but in a uniquely Portland way. And I watched as this space became a sort of gathering place for, to quote Kevin, the most delightful weirdos in town. (laughs) Uh, Because uh, Portland's most eclectic people converged here. And though real tea can be a deep, dark ocean to fall into, uh, after years I've been trying to get to the surface myself, in terms of accessing sound information on tea, um, the tea world is riddled with mystery, ambiguity, um, complexity. It's just really tough to crack for Westerners. Kevin actually made it accessible for anyone who was willing to go for the ride. So Flyawake is also a place for, for ordinary folks to come as well. Of course, only to then reveal how extraordinary they truly are. Everyone has layers, and you are bound to experience them here. Because this is not a place to be cool, standoffish, or preoccupied. Fly awake is where you just somehow feel inspired to talk to strangers. Fascinating concept, isn't it? Experiencing the here and now with the people in the world. Not anonymously, but intimately. Experiencing people that aren't necessarily in the comfortable sphere of the ones you already know. They're often randomly assorted and configured much differently than than anyone you've ever met. And you're always glad you did, because this is where life happens. Stepping outside of this comfort zone does not have to be reserved for that moment in the bar where you're nine drinks in, and you're finally brave enough to start slurring something at another equally drunk person. Uh, Fly Awake is a place of clear-eyed conversation. From light and whimsical to deep and philosophical to strange and esoteric, it all happens here without fear or judgment of what others think. And to me, it kind of captures this like spirit of the Bohemian Cafe as well. If you think those places are dead, uh, they are alive and well in Portland, and Fly Awake is the quintessential place for it. Uh, but it's different. It's, it's not a throwback. And Although I am nostalgic, I'd, I'd rather hang out with all the friendly creatives at Fly Awake than all the angry, disenfranchised, benzedrine-addicted <laughs> beatniks at Vesuvio Cafe in 1950s San Francisco. So... Kevin and his staff at Flyawake have an incredibly breezy way of serving, but uh, something that looks so natural is definitely the result of incredible skill and intention. You need to consider that with virtually every food and beverage establishment, the servers serve you the thing that you want to consume, because that's their job. That's like the minimum requirement of doing it, I suppose. And then socializing with you is generally considered this extra thing they do if they're particularly, you know, uh, savvy or interested or just, you know, 
bored. I don't know. It's generally a thing that's extra. It's not part of the job. It's definitely uh, an added bonus, you can say, um, if that's what you even want when you go out, right? But at Flyawake, chatting, socializing is the whole point. It's what they do. They have a vested interest in mobilizing conversation. And and they seem to just straight up enjoy it, like they're at home. And after a very short time, you'll feel like you're among friends. Friends that are, are very good at hosting. Um, that's kind of really what you're getting, what it feels like you're getting, and you just happen to be drinking tea in the process. Um, they're very good at doing this, though. You might notice how elegantly, you know, they lubricate conversation without dominating it. But in even subtler ways, they switch something on in people. And I couldn't even say how this happens. It just sort of occurs. So Kevin gave me a chance to speak with him so I could maybe learn a couple of these secrets. And um, we decided that uh, we may as well speak while he was in the middle of service, since being able to chat with him while he works is, you know, part of the experience, as I said. So, um, so really, it was just kind of like any normal day, except I happened to be recording stuff and asking uh, far more clinical questions. <laughs> um, so anyways, um, without further ado, here's the conversation that I had. All right, Kevin, thanks for talking with me. So, yeah, I remember uh, coming to Flyawake, you know, a couple of years ago when it was just your, your garage that had been converted, and it was, uh, it was just super DIY space, this little, like, nook that people were discovering uh, one by one. Um, what did you want to bring people uh, with that space, that, that tea house? Well, I was mostly interested in kind of creating a safe place for folks to kind of hang out and be able to talk to each other. Uh, there are so many uh, sad situations where, you know, you go into like a coffee shop or even tea houses and you see all these people on their laptops with headphones on, you know, and they're just everybody's like really feeling isolated. And I wanted to have a place where like, uh, you know, person A would be sitting next to person B they might not have ever met ever but they felt safe and comfortable enough to you know start having a conversation and then my job as server was to try to elevate that conversation as quickly as I could from like you know terrible traffic or I hate my job to you know this is what inspires me this is what I'm into this is what makes me excited so that that is what it was um, and these days uh, it's been interesting because you know you start something and then they come and uh, then you're in a dance with them so it's like I started it I informed it but then what's happened is not just of me it's of us how um, because you know like in in your original space, and in this space, in your new space too, which is a more large and established um, version of the original, but it has that same feeling, um, and it seems to just kind of be 
what you intend it to be sort of naturally without you having any particular rules. So how did you get that space to be that space for people where they would feel kind of like friendly and open and at ease and connected without having any rules, without having any no laptop rules, you know, without having any sort of established do's and don'ts? Well, a lot of that work is just in the energetic establish, establishment of the space. You know, you set things up a particular way, and then as the server, you act that way. So uh, you, as the person who's doing it, is, like, establishing, you know, like, what it is that we're doing, you know? So it's kind of like the host of an event, you know? It's like you, you're the host, people show up, and you uh, are the one that kind of has constructed the game or constructed the thing that you're doing, the party. And people will, f- will follow that. It's fun. It's interesting. They kind of give up some of their things that they always do and kind of engage in, like, the delight of whatever is happening at the spot. There are certain, like, noticeable differences and, and, and practices you had as, a, as someone serving people. Uh, tea, you know, uh, having been to a number of tea houses, you know, that served Gong Fu style of tea, a lot of these tea houses, they just thunk a pot of tea in front of you, you know, with a kettle of water and some dry leaves, and they might give you three seconds of brewing instructions and then leave you to kind of do the rest. Um, I, I have never seen a place um, where, where every cup of tea is brewed by yourself or, or the person serving. And uh, what's the sort of uh, intention behind that? Well, I feel like the person providing service uh, very much affects what the person receiving the service puts into them, you know? So, like, all of the thoughts I'm having, all of the feelings I'm having as I'm putting the water into the cup, letting the, the, the leaves and the water brew together, and then when I eventually pour the cup to the person, and then the interaction of actually pouring to the person, the interaction, all of these interactions are very important, and it's... Uh, really like part of our uh, grand situation to like you know put all of these good things into all of you good people uh, as best as we can and so as intentional as we can be while still keeping a really festive environment you know we're going to do that and um you have to attend to some yeah, do that yeah Been. Good. How Good. Are you? Good. Back from your journey. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You got another one planned already? Yeah. <laughs> going to. Uh, well, we're going to be in uh, like East Coast in Florida for the summer. Oh yeah. With family, and then we're going to South America. Oh. All right. How long are you going to be doing that for? South America. Sure. Um, I don't know. Stephanie's going to be there for two months in Peru. Reactivate. All right. So, um, you know, it's clear that uh, the person serving has to be like a vessel for good service. What do you do to kind of make make yourself like a better vessel, either like in your practices 
away from the space or your sort of in-motion practices? Well, I feel like uh, I've always been a pretty intuitive person, just in general. It's always been a part of my life. And then I've kind of cultivated uh, a certain, I guess, sensitivity or awareness uh, through meditation practice, a couple of decades of that. But the main thing is just really being present as you're doing what it is that you're doing. You know, you're not thinking about what you're doing, like what you need to pick up at the grocery store. You're thinking about exactly what you're doing. And the more uh, I tend to do a lot of mantras as I'm serving tea, so I'm trying to put uh, the vibrational qualities of these things into the water, into the tea, and every single part of the service I'm trying to be with it, trying to put all these things into the water and so then when you take the water as the person who's receiving service and you drink that, uh, all of that stuff goes into you and uh, that elevates, you know, with each person sitting here drinking tea, everybody is getting that and that's like elevating the whole situation. This causes all kinds of really cool things to happen uh Again, it's like a dance, you know, people get these, you know, this like good vibration and then they start to like talk like that, act that way, feel that way. And it's been when you have it within a space where you're doing it all the time every day, the whole space takes on that quality. So people just like walk in here and there's a sense of timelessness people talk about all the time. People uh, will feel weird if they come in here and talk uh, have negative conversations and they'll apologize often people have a really hard time like uh, you know just taking out like their computers and doing stuff that they would feel completely comfortable doing other places here they'll like ask they'll be like I just want to do a little work is it okay I mean it's just because it's in the space uh, and so you know what I do on a I don't have to you know like uh, do a lot of like you know ceremony or anything to uh on a daily basis to make this stuff happen it's just you know it's something that has like kind of been built vibrationally like cup by cup service by service and how can someone who doesn't have that space where they are absolutely master of, of their domain or just simply a, a space with that kind of you know that that kind of flavor and quality to it because let's say they're in a steakhouse or let's say they're just somewhere else and they have a different kind of clientele, how can they, how can they do things to kind of elevate their service? You know, like, like let's say you've had a bad experience somewhere. What, what were they missing that they could have brought in? Well, as a service, uh, as a person who does service, uh, you know, what is going on with you is so important. So if you're feeling like, you know, whatever it is, sad, overwhelmed, angry, uh, you know, these things are all going to be transmitted to through your beverage or through your food or through whatever you're doing for another person. And so what you need to do, in my humble opinion, is like just become aware of what's going on with your own self, you know, uh, and be able to like kind of, you know, if you're if you're having feelings or something, either, you know, put be able to like come up with ways to put those things aside when you serve other people. Uh, I find mantras are very good for this, uh, but, you know, it could be whatever, you know, but 
you need to be very kind of clear about what is happening with you when you're serving to people because you are giving them, you know, all of the qualities that you're feeling and thinking. Uh, and so I try to make it the best things I can, you know, like the best thoughts I can give, the best feelings I can give with every cup. You know, that's my intention anyway. Um, do you actually, is there specific mantras you use to kind of like, uh, like carpet bomb? Kind of like negativity? I, I have, yeah, very specific uh, mantra that I use um, that uh, basically kind of uh, clears the water of whatever might have been there before and allows it for me to put something into it. So uh, I, yeah, I do that. Can, is, it, is it like arcane and for the initiated only or can you share it? Uh, it is. It, it was given to me by a teacher, and okay. she told me not to understood. Give it up. So understood. So how is like service itself actually like working on you? You know, uh, to like self cultivate, self master. Well, uh, I feel like uh, a lot of people are fairly self absorbed. You know, and they often don't. You know, they they think of other people. It's not like they don't, uh, but it's uh, one of these things where you can like you know, with each of these service moments, you're kind of opening yourself up to another person, and they're hopefully you know opening themselves up to you. And there's an interaction that happens there. And uh, especially if you serve the person you know uh, on a regular basis over time. Uh, the depth of like what that becomes is really super potent and deep um, and that's you know profound for me I mean to me uh, the relationships that I've developed here with myself has been amazing but the ones that are the most precious to me are the people that never knew each other at all and then they show up at my place we serve, we, we have tea, uh, they start talking with each other and friendships develop, and then they are friends outside of here. Those are the most precious, the most precious bits to me. And, you know, it's this kind of closeness that I want to, like, cultivate, you know? And this way of doing it is, uh, is just my way. It feels so good to me. It is, like... It's very similar to like the way you feel when you, you know, are with family. You know. Do you feel like the service environment is like potentially like a more potent uh, connection because it's so intentional, or do you think it is just like a, like a, like people casually connecting has the same kind of potential as well? It's it's just, it's both. Yeah. I mean, part of being a somebody who does service is that you're like you're with the person at whatever wherever they're at. Some people, you know, you, you just read them and you're just like, oh, okay, you know, this person really wants an interaction and so you give them the time and hold the space so that they can have that, you know. And some people are just like, great, like, thank you so much, but I'm doing this other thing, you know. Uh, and so there's, you know, the opening is there no matter what kind of service environment you're, into, you're in, you know. But the key is that uh, to have an openness to that experience happening at all you know like a lot of times there's these 
rules that we've set up culturally about like what the service provider is supposed to do and not supposed to do, you know, depending on their environment. And, uh, you know, I, I think that that creates a, it's much more about efficiency usually than it is about like providing a really like, you know, personal Mm -hmm. thing. Would you say that, um, you know, there, there are endless varieties of people with endless varieties of like priorities and interests and like some people are good guests quote unquote and some people are you know I guess have more defenses up to being a good guest and kind of bought into the experience you're going to provide are you able to to like maintain equanimity with that and say like everybody no matter on what terms they come in here and receive this like that's that's their that's their path and that's fine mm-hmm. uh, yeah but one of the things I've noticed is that, like, people just bounce off of this space, like, because of the way that it's, it, it is, like, you know, like, people will come up to the door, and it's, like, as if, like, if they're not into it, like, if it doesn't vibe with them, like, you literally watch them just, like, you know, spin around and, like, walk the other way. I mean, it's, like, it, I don't have to deal very often at all with anybody who is, uh, not just totally gracious and like willing to you know be a part of the party you know or the experience you know uh, I know that that's not afforded to every single situation but this one you know we've managed to create this thing where that's what seems to happen you know but there must be like some people who quotes don't get it or there must be some people who like are maybe needier than others it's just subtler than like like the douchebag at the steakhouse yeah, yeah, yeah. you know that's true that's so true. so in what form does that take and, and how do you handle it uh well most of the time uh you just remain kind of you know you open up and show them kind of that you're there and you're going to like look them in the eye and you're going to like be there you know and a lot of people it'll just melt them like right away like uh i find that it's not uh it's almost never really a struggle and the whole space with the tea and everything will just kind of lift them up out of that or they'll just leave and never come back you know that which happens rarely but occasionally that will happen you know most of the people by the time they've found my place are ready for something you know that's part of the reason that I've got it the way that I've got it is because you kind of have to go on a little mission and you have to want to be on an adventure to like actually get here anyway so (laughs) I just I find that like how you set up your space and where it's at and all these things are so important to these like really like personal interactions it can be done in any kind of environment but this makes it so much easier you need to attend anything yeah I'm gonna go talk to these folks but not until I serve you some tea pleasure can you tell me some like stories or like one that sticks out where like um you had a guest where they were like kind of bound up you know in like their defenses or they just didn't get it or whatever you know they were in a difficult place and they like stepped across a threshold you know in a way that was inspiring my favorite moments like that are uh not necessarily like in one service but in like uh, a set of services you know like there will be people that will come in and they will like go sit in a corner 
and they will be very quiet and they'll just be like checking the place out. And whether it's a shyness or whether, you know, whatever it is, they tend to be like all kind of closed off and just like checking it out. And you go and you serve them and you watch them like, you know, enjoy the tea. You watch their like, you know, kind of uh, demeanor change from like kind of a little bit closed off to a little bit more like, oh, this is interesting. And then, you know, maybe the next time they show up, they, you know, greet you a little bit more warmly and they kind of, you know, interact with the space a little differently. And then the next time they might kind of come up and like sit in a place that are around other people who are talking, but maybe just on the periphery. And then, you know, like over time, they'll like make it into like uh, a kind of situation where they just come in and it's like they're just like a regular, you know, and they come in, they're like naming off everybody's names. Those are my favorites, you know, the ones that over time, like, kind of develop from, like, you know, somebody who's just kind of closed off and shy to somebody who's just, like, the life of the, of the event, you know? Um, and there have been so many of them. Uh, that's one of the things that makes the, the so precious, is watching all these different people, you know, like, come out of shells, so to speak, and find their voice inside this place. And, you know, I don't know if that's how they are when they're, you know, at their other job or doing their other thing or whatever, but here they, you know, have this, you know, sense of belonging and security. And, and what does that is not just the tea, because you were telling me before, it's not just about the tea, you know, tea is just, how is tea just the starting point and how is it a crucial starting point? But then when does it become about more than that? That answer is different with every single person. You know, some people come here and uh, right away it's not about the tea. Right away it's just about like, you know, they've heard that this is a place where people come to hang out and they might want to be a part of that. So with them, uh, you know, the tea just kind of like is a is like another thing that they just kind of get involved in. Then there are people who are like really into tea and they come in here and they have like these expectations about how they want to have tea and uh, they kind of feel like they have to bend a little bit into the way that we do tea but then they start to get it and kind of come out of that shell and get into more of the community aspect of what's going on so uh, you know the answer to the question really depends on the person that you're serving you know and Tea sometimes is like a finding the right tea for somebody can really kind of like open them up and like kind of help them deal with whatever they're doing. But I think that the thing that helps them the most is just feeling welcomed, feeling safe, feeling like this is a place where people are kind of like speaking from their hearts. Uh, and that's the most profound part, you know. Uh, the reason, you know, is, you know, because we're here drinking tea, but. The reason is because we're all here, like being open and right, you know. and they just get there from different directions, you know. Yeah. If they're just into tea because like they're fascinated by terroir, mm -hmm. you know, but like then they come, then this place kind of gives them a deeper, more integrated sort of tea mm -hmm. relationship. I would right? say different, yeah, different for sure. You know, just as like another way of kind of doing it. I mean, like I tend to, I don't know very much about tea in terms of like, you know. Uh, research and you know all these kinds of things but I understand like kind of more of the energetics so I'll talk about things like in terms of like how the tea is going to make you feel or what are you interested in doing while you're here hanging out like you know these things are important to me and people 
don't normally uh, get that as a service, like as part of the service. So people will show up and I'll be like, you know, well, how would you like to feel when you leave? And they're just like, what? You know, like I can do that, you know, like that's amazing, you know. Uh, and people who are really like, you know, into tea often are not thinking about it that way. Sometimes they are, but often they're not. They're like you said, they're like about, you know, this is how it tastes or this is where it's from or this is, you know, some kind of process that I'm into, you know. But then they kind of start interacting with it the way that we do here and they're like, oh, it's, you know, about that, but then also about these other things like, you know, the energetics and stuff like that. Is there... Um ever any, or in maybe in the beginning, maybe not now, or at any point, as with any server, I expect it anywhere now because I see it everywhere, but I, I feel like this is an exception to the rule. Is there ever like a sort of a cynicism towards humanity or like a misanthropy that arises that other servers get, a frustration with people for not playing the game or for not getting it or anything like that? And, uh, and if... If there is, do you have, like, a means of overcoming it and coming back to, like, to center where you, you do value, you know, every human being individually? It happens here occasionally where somebody will be so, like, you know, in a rut or whatever that they will kind of, you know, not really, you know, kind of be open to what's happening. And uh, there are times when people will, you know... Uh, do things that are kind of ridiculous in that direction. Uh, it's usually small things here. Um, but the main thing is to just uh, know that everybody, every single person that you're interacting with is coming from their own spot. And so when you come up to somebody, you kind of try to, like, meet them where they're at. And that meeting, you know, depending on how, you know, uh, how well you do... Not just like adjust, like people can come in, they, they might be like in a bad place. Whatever you're going to do is not going to help them. So, you know, when they say things or when they do things that might not be like, you know, playing the game or, you know, in the spirit of things or whatnot, you can just like, you know, part of it is just letting go of all of that. You know, like you don't take that stuff personally. You understand that they're coming from their spot and you just, you know, you let it go as fast as it comes to you. Um, and it's made easier by having a bunch of people who around you who are playing the game, and it makes it easier to have a space that's, like, set up to play the game. You know, those people are the people that are, you know, the, those people are, like, what give you the power to do all the stuff. And so when somebody comes in and they're just like, whatever, you know, you just sort of like, okay, you know, that's where you're at. Let it go. Why... Do you think, in your experience, that people in the service industry just become so, like, hateful of humans? <laughs> so misanthropic, you know? So, like, yeah, just in, in, in no other way have I seen that happen but in service. So I'm wondering if you have any insight as to that. Well, I think that there are a couple of things. Uh, the first thing is I just don't think that people really are very... Uh, the number one thing you can do as a server is be aware of what's going on with yourself. And when you, if you are going to really do service well, uh, you need to be like kind of in control of your processes. You know, you need your mind needs to be in a place and your heart needs to be in a place. Uh, and 
if you're not even like participating in that or aware of that, like things that people do are going to just like tear you up, you know, uh, and you're going to take it personally. It's going to be about you. It's going to, you know, all of these things. And that's not, uh, that's not going to help a server. So like the more awareness you can cultivate in your own self about how you're feeling and what you're thinking about, the better. Um, because when somebody then, you know, comes at you and they're crabby or they're whatever, you can just recognize that as them and you just be like, that's, you know. The other thing, too, is I don't think people really know how to protect themselves at all, you know. So, uh, you know, there are things you can do to help protect yourself so that when people, like, come at you with anger or whatever, it doesn't, like, get all the way into your heart, uh, and so that's really helpful to, like, find practices and cultivate them that, you know, help that. And then the, you know, the other thing that I can think of is just, you know, really be uh, focused on what, you know, not just how you're, you know, like I said, how you're feeling and what you're thinking, but, like, what you're doing, um, you know. And that kind of focus and clarity about, like, what it is you're actually doing and what you're, like, getting out of it, like, what you're putting into it such these things will help like all of that stuff just like kind of roll off of you um, because again you realize that they're doing their thing you know and it's not about you is there um is it like a delicate game though between self and other you know like the like the when to have boundaries you know and put those up and then when to just be generous and like you know unbounded and like well, these are, these are things, yeah, it is, that's a dance, you know? I mean, that's just, you know, that's like you're, every single thing you're doing, you know, in the world. Like, you're driving a car, and that same thing is happening, you know? Like, where do you, you know? But that, to me, that all of, you know, like, how well you dance in that respect is, has a lot to do with, like, how aware you are of, like, what is going on with you, you know? Uh, so, you know, if you uh, are feeling like, you know, when you walk up to somebody and you're first, like, interacting with them, you get a sense of, like, where they're at and what they're doing if you're aware of what you, where you're at and what you're doing. And you can really kind of gauge, you know, how much to give and how much to protect and, and all these kinds of things, you know. But the number one thing that any server can do is to just smile. I feel like that is, like, the win, that is like the ultimate. If you walk up to somebody and you have a shining smile, it's going to just like change every single bit of every single thing. That's like the easiest part. When you go somewhere, uh, what kind of guest do you like to be? And that could be like in a mundane situation, not necessarily even out to dinner, you know? How do you like to show up as the person receiving anything, even participating in like a checkout line or something like that? Again, uh, I, I, it's just the same answer. I feel like there's, like, a, a presence and an awareness of the moment. And we get, like, you know, how many times have you been in a, like, in a grocery line and you're in the checkout line or whatever and the person is doing the, their job and the other person is standing there and they're, like, on their cell phone and they're just, like, ignoring each other and, like, whatever. Uh, it's, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that, but that's, like, a... That's like a a, a diminishing interaction that is like a that like takes from both people in a certain kind of way and if you're there 
and you can just like look at the person in their eyes as they're doing their job and like whatever and this you know a, a thing will happen and then you might have a couple of words of conversation where you like meet each other as humans for just a second you know just in a pleasant way and then you walk away from that and you feel amazing comparatively to like if you're just like not paying attention at all you know so like we have opportunity after opportunity every single day to like look people in the eyes and like like be a human with them at whatever level you can at the moment you know uh and so if we all kind of spent more time practicing that i think we would be way happier people and we would be way less scared because people are scared of each other all the time uh so Again, being aware, being present, just always trying to cultivate that is, to me, like, you know, golden. It's golden. Thank you. That was golden. (laughs) Awesome. Well, I really appreciate your insights. That was great. And, uh, yeah, I'll let you get back to things. We could probably keep going with this forever. Thanks for for talking to Kevin. You're welcome. I'll uh, let you get back to making magic happen. Good seeing you. I am super glad you stopped in. My name is Stefan Ravelli. Thank you so much for listening to the Serve Conscious podcast, and I hope to see you again soon. Thank you.